Well, it's good to see everybody this morning. We, uh, again, after we get done, we're going to go out and, and fellowship and have fish. And I think David's going to ease out in a minute and, and uh, start the grease so that it's getting hot before we don't have to wait on it so long like we did last time. But I was asked... Uh, I was asked to do the Memorial Day service over at the cemetery yesterday, and they, my buddy has been after <laughs> has been after me for five or six years to go and do the do that for them. And uh, being that I serve on the school board, it's always been a conflict with graduation. So it didn't conflict this year, and I didn't have the heart to tell him no. So I did that, and so. Tommy and uh, Kim are going to have to sit through this again because I'm, it really is a good message uh, that I used yesterday and I think it's worth all of us reflecting on uh, this Memorial Day, the things that parallel with the Bible. And uh, truly we are at a point in our nation that parallel uh, very closely with the things that were going on in the time of Daniel. And uh, so... If you will this morning, uh, humble me, or whatever you say, give me, give me a few minutes to go through this again, but I think it really is a very fitting message, and there's some very good points that, that I think that we all need to reflect on and realize uh, how it affects us in today's time. So I'm going to read, first of all, Daniel chapter 5 to you. Uh, it won't take but just a few few minutes it is uh 31 verses but uh it, again it won't take but a few minutes and then i want to make four or five points about what's going on both in the day of daniel and what was going on in the in the in the kingdom of belshazzar and what's going on today so kim tommy y'all can take a nap whatever it won't offend me <laughs> but, but i didn't read the whole chapter to them yesterday so it is a little different uh, Daniel chapter 5. Belshazzar the king made a great feast for a thousand of his lords and drank wine in the presence of a thousand, of the thousand. While he tasted the wine, Belshazzar gave the command to bring the gold and silver vessels which his father Nebuchadnezzar had taken from the temple which had been in Jerusalem, that the king and his lords, his wives, his concubines, might drink from them. Then... They brought the gold vessels that had been taken from the temple of the house of God, which had been in Jerusalem. And the king and his lords, his wives and his concubines drank from them. They drank wine and praised the gods of gold and silver, bronze and iron, wood and stone. In the same hour, the fingers of a man's hand appeared and wrote opposite the lampstand on the plaster of the wall of the king's palace. And the king saw the part of the hand that wrote. Then the king's countenance changed. And his thoughts troubled him, so that the joints of his hips were loosened and his knees knocked against each other. The king cried aloud to bring in, bring in the astrologers, the Chaldeans and the soothsayers. The king spoke, saying to the wise men of Babylon, Whoever reads this writing and tells me its interpretation shall be clothed with purple and have a chain of gold around his neck, and he shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. Now all the king's wise men came. But they could not read the writing or make known to the king its interpretation. Then King Belshazzar was greatly troubled, 
His countenance was changed and his lords were astonished. The queen, because of the words of the king and his lords, came to the banquet hall. The queen spoke, saying, O king, live forever. Do not let your thoughts trouble you, nor let your countenance change. There is a man in your kingdom and who the Holy Spirit who is the spirit of the holy god there is a man in your kingdom in whom is the spirit of the holy god and in the days of your father light and understanding and wisdom like the wisdom of the gods were found in him and king nebuchadnezzar your father your father the king made him chief of the magicians astrologers chaldeans and soothsayers inasmuch as an, as an excellent spirit knowledge and understanding interpreting dreams solving riddles and explaining enigmas were found in this Daniel, whom the king named Belteshazzar. I can't even say it anymore. Anyway, now let Daniel be called, and he will give you the interpretation. Then Daniel was brought in before the king. The king spoke and said to Daniel, Are you the Daniel who is one of the captives from Judah, whom my father the king brought from Judah? I have heard of you. That the Spirit of God is in you, and that the light and understanding and excellent wisdom are found in you. Now the wise men, the astrologers, have been brought in before me, that they should read this writing and make known to me its interpretation. But they could not give the interpretation of the thing. And I have heard of you, that you can give interpretations and explain enigmas. Now if you can, read the writing and make known to me its interpretation. You shall be clothed in purple and have a chain of gold around your neck, and shall be the third ruler of the kingdom. Then Daniel answered and said before the king, Let your gifts be for yourself, and give your rewards to another. Yet I will read the writing to the king, and make known to him the interpretation. O king, the Most High God gave Nebuchadnezzar your father a kingdom and majesty, glory and honor. And because of the majesty that he gave him, all peoples, nation, and languages trembled and feared before him. Whomever he wished, he executed. Whomever he wished, he kept alive. Whomever he wished, he set up. And whomever he wished, he put down. But when his heart was lifted up and his spirit was hardened in pride, he was deposed from his kingly throne and they took his glory from him. Then he was driven from the sons of men. His heart was made like the beast and his dwelling was with the wild donkeys. They fed him with grass like oxen, and his body was wet with, dew, with the dew of heaven, till he knew that the Most High God rules in the kingdom of men and appoints over it whomever he chooses. But you, his son, Belshazzar, have not humbled your heart, although you knew all this, and you have lifted yourself up against the Lord of heaven. They have brought the vessels of his house before you, and you and your lords, your wives and your concubines, have drunk wine from them. And you have praised gods of silver and gold and bronze and iron and wood and stone, which do not see or hear or know, and the God who holds your breath is in his hand and owns all your ways you have not glorified. Then the fingers of the hand were sent from him, and this writing was written, and this is the inscription that was written, Mean, mean, tekel, a parson. This is the interpretation of each word. Mean, God has numbered your kingdom and finished it. Tekel, you have been weighed in the balances and found wanting. <coughs> Perez, your kingdom has been divided and given to the Medes and Persians. Then Belshazzar gave the command, and they clothed Daniel with purple and put a chain of gold around his neck, 
and made a proclamation concerning him that he should be the third ruler in the kingdom. That very night, Belshazzar, king of the Chaldeans, was slain, and Darius the Mede received the kingdom, being about 62 years old. Now, I think that there are a lot of things that are going on here in this chapter of Daniel that, that are parallel to the things that are going on in, in our world today. On Memorial Day, it's a time each year that we pause and remember who was laid, who's, those who have laid down their lives for family, friends, and freedom. One week after Pearl Harbor's attack, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt said, those who long enjoy such privileges that we enjoy forget in time that others have died to win them. Freedom is never really free. It's almost always bought with the blood of patriots. The biggest battle that we as Americans are facing today is the battle of the very soul of our nation. We see it around us everywhere. The erosion of our society has been a slow process, but we've seen it accelerate rapidly in just the past few years. It really doesn't matter whether there's a Democrat or a Republican sitting in the Oval Office. This nation that we've all come to know and love continues to erode. The position we're in today because of what we is because of what we tolerated yesterday. And the position we will be in tomorrow will be because of what we tolerate today. History has a way of repeating itself through the centuries. In Daniel's day, he saw a lot of what we're seeing today. But his situation was much worse. The fifth chapter of Daniel describes the collapse of a culture, much like what we see in our culture today. They became so comfortable and secure within the confines of their strong walls, but they crumbled from within. They, the way I see it, Babylon made four huge mistakes. They lost all sense of remembrance. They lost all sense of reality. And they lost all sense of restraint. On this Memorial Day, as we celebrate Memorial Day, my prayer is that we would be challenged to be a people of repentance and that we would acknowledge that anything we do is vanity without the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The danger that we find in losing all sense of remembrance. In Belshazzar's problem, it was the same as many people have today. He had forgotten some of the valuable lessons from the past. Lessons from his predecessor, his father, Nebuchadnezzar. The lessons that he had learned. Lessons like, those who walk in pride, he is able to put down. Daniel 4.37, you will find that. Belshazzar, uh, in most cases, pride always comes before destruction. Daniel gives us an important insight when he challenges the king with the accusation that you have lifted yourself up against the Lord of heaven. That's what Belshazzar was doing. Boasting about himself. We have leaders all around us today that continue to boast about themselves. He picked up right where King Nebuchadnezzar had left off saying, it's not, this, it's not this great Babylon that I have built for a royal dwelling by my mighty power and for the honor of my majesty. Daniel 4.30. Pride. Pride always leads to a fall. Yet we all have an issue of pride in our lives. It's right up there with the top of the list with the things that God despises most. If you don't want to take my word for it, just ask Satan. Ask Adam and Eve. 
What about Peter? Those who walk in pride, he is able to put down. Daniel 4.37 America used to honor God unashamedly and openly. It etched, it's etched in numerous monuments all over the nation's capital. It's carved in granite on many of our government buildings we hold dear. It's printed on, a, on currency. There was a time when we credited Him with our blessings and our successes and turned to Him in our trials and in our losses. But today, like Babylon, we seem to have lost all sense of remembrance. President Woodrow Wilson said this, A nation that does not remember what it was yesterday does not know what it is today or what it is trying to do. We are about a fetal thing if we do not know where we came from or what we have, where we have been about. In many ways, we've forgotten our past. What was it about America that made us so great and caused men and women from all nations all around the world to risk their lives and fortunes to come here? Is there something about America that distinguishes, distinguishes us from our neighbors to the north and south? Canada was settled by the French. Uh, Mexico was settled by the Spanish, all both of them looking for gold. America was settled by men and women who came primarily looking for God. They came searching for a home where God could be exalted and worshipped in spirit, freedom, and truth. We've fallen a long way from where we once were. We've backslidden as a nation. We've gotten so far off our founder's path it's not uncommon to see the federal courts repeatedly doing things Things such as restricting manger scenes on courthouse squares, removing commandment displays from government buildings. Unfortunately, there are some sobering similarities between ancient Babylon and modern-day America. And just like Babylon, there's an expensive price to pay when a nation loses all sense of remembrance of who they were and where they came from. The danger of losing our reality, our sense of reality. In order to understand how king, the king had lost all sense of reality around him, we need to remember the outside of the city walls of Babylon. The Medes and Persians surrounded the city, but inside, Belshazzar is partying. The Babylons thought that because of their history and dominance over, and their strong walls, that they were invincible and, and indestructible. Sound familiar? Those walls stretched for 60 miles in circumference. But everywhere you look beyond, you could see the enemy surrounding the city. But no problem, they thought. After all, the walls were high and thick and impossible to penetrate. And a 20-year supply of rations they had inside. So what did Belshazzar do? He lost all sense of reality. He threw a big party and invited thousands of guests when destruction was knocking at his door. When we begin to feel secure in our own strength, danger is just on the other side of the wall. Many people today think that just because that we got away with something before, we'll get away with it again. This king was too blind and drunk on his own success to realize that the strength of a kingdom or an individual is never on the outside, but on the inside. Babylon soon fell because they had been corrupt on the inside with no more sense of remembrance of reality. Some people today foolishly think that somehow God needs America to carry out His plan on earth. After all, we've won all the world wars. The Cold War is over. We seem to be the only real superpower still standing in the world today. But I believe God is saying to us today, 
Let him who thinks he stands take heed, lest he also fall. 1 Corinthians 10.12 Like those in ancient Babylon, we too think that we're invincible at many times. But remember, there was a time when Israel was the world's superpower. They were one nation under God, and their motto was, In God we trust. 3,000 years later, God gave birth to another nation. God gave America a law built and based on Israel's ancient commandments. Why should we think we're invincible? I think that now more than ever, it's time for us to remember who we are and where we've come from. I think it's time for us to look at the reality of what's going on around us and truly pray, God forgive us and God bless America. What does it mean when we lose all sense of restraint? When a nation or an individual loses all sense of remembrance or reality, they also lose all sense of restraint. The Babylonians, or the Babylonians were too blind to see any connection between moral decay and national decline. Sound familiar? This verse describes what the Old Testament politely called concubines. These were women who were kept for the king's pleasure for the purpose of sexual gratification and additional procreation. Our nation, like Babylon, has been virtually given over to sexual permissiveness and perversions of all types. I don't have enough time here this morning to describe to you all those various things that bombard our society through movies, television, media, internet. Men have stopped leading their families in spiritual and moral development. They've neglected their wives and children in a pursuit of material wealth and power. They've become so busy with their jobs that they ignore their wives and have become involved with other women outside the home. As a result, their wives begin to seek their own worth a value outside, and value outside the home. Then, because male and female role models are no longer prominent in the home, children and their growth are declining. Many of them are neglected and for the most part undisciplined. I don't believe I need to go any further about that. Much like the Babylonians though, we've lost as a nation our sense of restraint. What happens when we lose our sense of respect? All sense of respect. Here we see the crumbling culture of Babylon in Daniel chapter 5. Nothing was sacred to them anymore. They had abandoned all absolutes. They were no more restraints. They had no, there were no more restraints, and now there is no respect for anything that is sacred. It was a party time in Babylon. Almost a party time in America all the time, isn't it? Then an amazing thing happens. The fingers of a man's hand appeared and wrote opposite the lampstand on the plaster of the wall. The king sobered up. His countenance changed. His knees, it says, knocked against each other. Into the party hall comes Daniel. Now, he wasn't at the party as a partier. Most people don't want the man, uh, don't want the man of God around them when the liquor and women are, are around. But when the writing came on the wall, when the crisis come, they no longer want the immoral friends or drinking buddies. Who did they ask for? They asked for Daniel. They're looking for someone who can tell them what this means. 
As Daniel looked around, the shouting and drinking and sex had come to a stop. A strange silence filled the banquet hall. Can you imagine? People looked as if they were, they were frozen in time. The sacred vessels were scattered around the tables. Daniel was the only one in the room who was calm. Then he did whatever preacher should do. He took God's word and without fear or favor simply revealed to them what God had said. Listen to what Daniel said to them. Before he interpreted the handwriting on the wall, he preached a sermon. A sermon that made three points. First, he had a word about power. Daniel reminded Belshazzar that King Nebuchadnezzar's power came from God. Second, there was a word about pride. Daniel reminded the king that Nebuchadnezzar lost his nation, his kingdom, because of pride. Third, there was a word about punishment. King Nebuchadnezzar was punished until he came to realize that the Most High rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whomever he chooses. Next, Daniel applied the text. You have not humbled yourself, although you knew all this. Daniel 5.22, he said. King Belshazzar, you knew about the power, the pride, and the punishment. But sadly, you've lost all sense of remembrance, restraint, and reality. We as Americans know what God says to us and what He has told us in His commandments. And if we don't change the things that we're doing, we too, we too have lost all sense of remembrance, reality, and respect. When we forget these things, we, come, we become blind to the fact that like Babylon, our problems are not political. They're not economic, and they're not social. Our decline as a nation stems from spiritual factors, spiritual issues. Everything else is just symptomatic. Back to the banquet hall. Daniel now reveals the handwriting on the wall. He tells him that mean, mean, to kill and a parson. What those words mean. He said these words reveal the three elements involved in the sinner's destruction. Numbered, weighed, and separated from God. In other words, your days are numbered. Judgment is coming, and you will be separated from God for eternity. Now the ballroom uh, in the scene is, is full of fright and terror. But there was one person who stood peacefully, and that was the man of God. He wasn't scared. He wasn't concerned about his destiny because he knew the one who had written on the wall. Do you know the one who writes on the wall? The fifth chapter of Daniel concludes with these words. That very night, Belshazzar was slain and Darius the Mede received the kingdom. That's in verse 30 and 31. That very night, while Babylon had parted with no sense of restraint and remembrance or respect, the armies of the Medes and Persians diverted the Euphrates into swampland, and they marched right into the city under the wall through the dried riverbed that ran through under the city walls. God's judgment is certain. It's certain individually, and it's certain on a nation. There's no wall high enough or thick enough to prevent a person or a nation from, from falling when God writes those words on your wall. Who knows how close we might be in our number when our number is called. 
Who knows how close we might be to facing God's judgment. One thing we can know for sure is which side we will be on when He separates the sheep from the goats. Very few nations have had a history like ours, like America. For over 200 years we've been a shining light to the world around us. We've been a launch pad to take the gospel literally to the very ends of the earth. We've often heard people say, God is our only hope. But I wonder if God might not be our biggest threat. America, what is it about America that offers us an exemption that neither Babylon or Israel were given? There is a light for every nation and for every individual. That light is Jesus. In, the, in light of eternity, what is the kingdom of Babylon or any other nation compared to the kingdom that is forfeited by men and women without Christ? Our days are truly numbered. We need to have a sense of urgency in exchanging our own righteousness for the righteousness of Christ through the new birth that's only offered through salvation. This Memorial Day, as we remember those who have given so much for our freedoms that we enjoy, may we remember the one who gave us the freedom of eternal life. May we really truly remember the one that, that gave the most on Calvary and shed his blood so that we might be free, truly free from sin. I ask that, that you remember those that, that have gone on before us and, and on this weekend and really truly think about the price that was paid. But don't lose sight of Jesus because He gave the most. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank You for this Memorial Day. We thank You for those, who have, those patriots who have gone on before us that paid the price that we might be free. That we might live in a nation where we can openly and freely worship You. We thank You that You instilled in this nation godly principles. That You put men and women here that, that founded us on godly principles. And Lord, we pray and ask and plead with You that You keep. Keep us where we can, we, we can follow and, and, and have those principles. Lord, our nation's declining. We understand completely as we read through the Word of God, that it must get worse before it gets better. I ask that each and every one, Lord, You just search their hearts. And th that they know and really understand that the only true freedom that they can have is through Jesus Christ. And that if a heart here this morning, Lord, needs to be saved, that You reach down and stir it. Stir it unto salvation. That they might really, really experience freedom. Lord, I just pray that You would continue to bless us. Bless this church. Lead us, guide us, and direct us. Lord, I ask that you bless this food that we're about to fellowship and partake. Lord, may it be nourishment to our body and our bodies to thy service that we might glorify and honor you. These things I ask in the name of Jesus. Amen.